Hi, I'm Natasha Josie, and this is the Being Body Podcast, brought to you by House Ltd. This podcast pulsates amongst creatives and thinkers who are seeking inspiration and purpose in life, and are willing to engage and listen. Who are perceptive, reflective, sensitive, and critical. We believe that sharing experiences has a unique way to make sense of human suffering, and it is through sharing that we heal, connect, and create. My guest today is a poet and writer from Pakistan, Hira Najib. Hira earned her master's in literature and English from Beacon House National University, Pakistan, and an MFA in writing from Sarah Lawrence College, New York. Hira holds a fellowship and recognition from the Fulbright Scholarship Program, Vida Women in Literary Arts, and the American Academy of Poets. She is a PhD candidate in English at Florida State University, where she studies poetry and teaches literature. Her work has been published in New England Review, The Common, World Literature Today, Dawn, The News on Sunday, amongst others. Hira and I talk about stillness in poetry, angst of the creative mind, becoming comfortable with not belonging, connecting to your landscape, and staying close to your art. So let's get to my wonderful chat with Hira. So welcome, first of all. And Thank you. Um, <laughs> so, um, I'd like to like start with just sort of something that we were just talking about right now. Um, so what is, what is generally keeping you busy in life at the moment? Well, as you know, um, these days, it's the PhD. So I am in my fourth year. I have passed the coursework, thank God. Um, That's not keeping me busy anymore. But mostly it's uh, my own writing and teaching and um, reading. So trying to engage like with um, materials that are close to my dissertation. Um, And that's pretty much it. And I like to kind of fill my time in with like um, things like my own of my own making. Like, you know, I like to cook. I like to exercise. I'm kind of like my own self-care routines. Um, But that's pretty much it. Okay. Um, So you you shared with me, I know myself as well, that you were been like raised here and there and you've traveled a lot. and, And I was reading your bio and I actually got to know that you were raised in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia and Toronto in Canada, you've lived in Pakistan, then you went to the US, did for your master's, then you came back to Pakistan, and then you returned to the US uh, for now your PhD. So you've lived in so many places in the world, I've probably met so many different kinds of people, walks and walked on the streets of different cities. Um, so where would you say or think, where, where is your home for you? Or where do you find belonging? Uh, That's a really interesting question, because that is something I think that is probably um, the the theme, I guess, of um, what I'm writing about. um, And the main, like, I think, organizing question of my own work. Um, I think that for most people who have lived and been brought up in like countries which are not their the countries of their home parents um third culture kids that you would call them i think that they tend to um find home more within communities than within um the cultures in which they are particularly raised with so Mm -hmm. you have this kind of inherited memory of nation and language from your parents and then you have you know your own kind of 
um, integration with um, you know several cultures uh, where I was living in Saudi Arabia it was a highly multicultural diverse kind of a place mm. uh, so um, I think that in I would for most of my life belonging has been a question that I find more in people and the communities around me rather than in um, in in the countries that I've lived in and the country that I'm from. Mm-hmm. And um, recently I've been trying to kind of um, wrestle with the idea of being comfortable with the idea of not belonging at all. Mm-hmm. For for a long time, I think that I was kind of yearning to um, find a place that could, you know, parallel, find, find a parallel um, to who I am in the landscape around me. But um, I'm, recently just reconciling with it being something that is shifting and something that has shifted in the past and something that is, um, you know, going to shift in the future for me as well. Hmm. Yeah, that's quite interesting because I've also had a similar sort of journey in life and still ongoing journey. We don't know where where we will go as kind of like peripatetic life where you're just sort of going where your work leads you. Um, but I think something that I've been also thinking about for myself, um, living outside, like living all over the world, and then now currently being in Munich and working from here, um, there's also like, especially for like young women in Pakistan who are now becoming professionals and have a different sensibility sensibility towards life, there's also a, a, a certain social expectation there is definitely for young women, there are certain expectations of the way that you live your life and how mm-hmm. you are supposed to be. And now I feel like there's a young, like younger generation of women that are not really falling into that sort of a sancha, you know, that sort of a mold and mm-hmm. are working around that or not in, ter- in, ter- in terms of intentionally challenging anything, but rather have a different way of, li- of living life or think mm-hmm. of life. Mm-hmm. So, so do you think that that then informs any sense of like internal anxiety for you or for for living your life in a way that doesn't really um, you're I mean, currently doing your PhD and you are living in the US far away from home. So do you mm-hmm. think that you experience any such anxieties of detachment or being away from your homeland? In a- yeah, definitely. I feel like, um, you know, to put it very literally, I feel like um, the more I'm kind of carving the space, um, I, I feel like the more I am um, disconnecting with my landscape and hence even with a lot of, um, I mean, you know, Pakistan is a very patriarchal place. I, I've, a lot of people and women have befriended, befriend, befriended are mm-hmm. also uh, patriarchal in ways. And I feel like, you know, I have kind of, um, I feel like, you know, I've lost a lot of um, the friendships, but I feel like mm. I've also lost a lot of the opportunities for women who kind of want to break out of that mold and who are actually doing a lot of amazing work and breaking out of that mold um, to, um, you know, um, find a kind of independent space and living for them, existence for themselves. Uh, for me, I think the way I kind of cope up with the anxiety, I, I well, you know, I work on a kind of, I would say, unhealthy pattern is that, um, <laughs> you know, um, 
in a way, it can probably be healthy, but I just look at the day that is right before me and um, the kind of immediate thing that I have to do. Um, dealing with, um, you know, for instance, questions of like marriage and where I'm going to be in the future can become a bit of a burden for me, especially like in an environment in which um, I think so much of my the what happens in my day kind of depends on me, like how healthy my day flows depends on me. Yeah. So um, I, I try to just keep, I think one of the most important things is to keep perspective. So, you know, whenever I feel like um, I'm kind of derailed by, you know, any kind of anxiety, I will probably, you know, center my own perspective mm-hmm. um, in terms of things I want to do and things I want to achieve in, in the very immediate future. Mm-hmm. And it sounds very ideal uh, when I put it this way. Um but I think that that's like one of my only coping mechanisms. Yeah. Do you, do you feel comfortable sharing like if you have a routine or something that you do that helps you? Because I think anxieties is, is generally something that our generation and the generation um, that is following is, is going through literally every day. Is there anything that you do specifically um, that helps you in coping up with, with those in centering you? I think that I'm very lucky that I have, um, first of all, support of my parents to do this PhD. I feel that if I move um, beyond it and, you know, seek a, um, a kind of life here, I will have their support as well. And so I feel like I'm in a privileged position, first of all. Um, mm-hmm. I want to make that clear, um, which I feel that many women in Pakistan may not have. And... Um, so, but when I do feel kind of um, burdened, um, I wouldn't really have, like, I guess, like, if you're talking about, like, physical manifestations of anxiety, um, I turn to prayer, uh, which is something, I guess, not popular, but um, mm-hmm. it works for me a lot. Um, I will, like, like I mentioned earlier, so part of my routine I am really trying to um, focus on a lot of self-care practices. For me, that is things like cooking, taking a walk outside, um, things that help me kind of center my body and mind together. So creating that alignment, exercise. Uh, for a long time, I didn't treat exercise as self-care, but I kind of tell myself that this is not for your body, but for your soul. Mm. Um, so I'll, I'll just clean clutter, you know, I'll clean physical clutter. Um, and I feel that that will make me feel kind of like, you know, Re- rejuvenated in a way um so yeah. those are some things that i do yeah um you mentioned right now that there's definitely patriarchy in pakistan and that is often um, a misconception that we associate only with men but then you said something really interesting that you said there the patriarchy in women as well would you like to like expand on that because i think we generally don't talk about that as much um oh. I just simply meant that I think that um, we all have patterns of, um, it's a system, right? So we all have patterns of, um, you know, patriarchal, I guess, uh, mechanisms and behaviors. Even with me for a long time, you know, I had um, misogynistic attitudes towards things that I had to kind of confront. So, you know, become radically honest towards and, um I think that, you know, we all we all kind of are live and are born with in that culture. And a lot of women have to kind of participate in holding up mm. um, patriarchy. So it's a system, you know, so and, and we 
um i wouldn't say that you know i'm any uh, 100% beyond it either um i am complicit in it i am you know programmed by it and i think that we're all kind of um you know people who have reached some kind of self awareness are um you know kind of create, trying to create some kind of consciousness to um live out of it or live against it or beyond it hmm yeah um that's really honest and and quite brave of you to to say all of that um but i also know that you being a poet and creative person are are definitely struggling and there's a lot of angst that goes into a lot of pain that goes into creating something out of literally thin air and there's a huge part of culture that impacts our lives and then mm-hmm. this painful process that we keep on going through again and again of like creating something and then we finish it and then we go back to it and then it's painful and then we finish it it's like so, sort of cyclical mm-hmm. and you know with arts especially in in Pakistan a lot of times we struggle in in finding a place for ourselves finding a footing for ourselves with the lack of infrastructure or institutional support that we have amidst all of that you are doing your phd right now you're continuing to stay true to who you are and your your true self i i think or as i i see it so why or how do you continue to do what you do well i simply continue to do because i love it i don't think that um if i were writing i don't know if i were not writing i don't know what i would be doing maybe i would be a lawyer um, oh wow really <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think that I like a good argument and um I think that but that's yeah, I can only... see that. I can <laughs> see that. Not... <laughs> that's not only what goes into being a lawyer, but um <laughs> I think that <laughs> I think that um you know, I it does boil down a lot to, you know, um uh delivering a good argument and there was one there was also like once a point in which I was seriously looking into um getting into law, but beyond that um I don't think I have the kind of grit um it would take uh, to be a lawyer in pakistan so that was down for that but um really i think that why i keep on doing what i do because i can't imagine myself doing anything else mm-hmm. um it seemed just to be like a natural calling um i've been doing it for years and years and um uh you know and how i keep on doing it is just i'm just trying to find opportunities to stay close to it i feel like if i were in pakistan maybe i would um kind of drop out of um the 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 creative um kind of pursuit mm-hmm. and i feel like the phd gives me a a um window a big window of time to kind of do the things i love which are to read to teach and to think and write while having um you know funding having a job per se in a way mm. um and you know to kind of plan for how i want to um live the years ahead in terms of um you know my writerly life. Hmm. Is there anything that makes you worry in your line of work? Um yes, I am a worrier. So that is um a question <laughs> that is very pertinent. I think that you know not being able to write is my biggest worry and you know despite having been year into it for years that's still a worry that um that bothers me um the ability to not be able to express clearly is something that really disturbs me um and even in everyday life you know when i can't get 
what I want to say across to people. Hmm. That's something that, you know, bothers me um, at a deep level. Hmm. So, like, the creative community, I mean, in Pakistan as well as outside Pakistan, like, the professional and the creative community and space that you work around and work with, you're managing relationships at workplace and me- meeting people and and as an artist as well you know you end up meeting people as like organizers intellectuals but then also you're working with people who are uh, more towards the technical side I think in poetry uh, I'm sure you must also meet all kinds of professionals in all sorts of degrees in terms of academia in terms of writers is there any any time that you felt or, or say the last time that you felt powerless in your work or in your art practice or in your body? Um, personally speaking, I mean, if I felt powerless, I think that what I just, the conversation we just began with about me not being able to connect to my landscape and to my work right now, I think that um, <clears throat> that is a, that is something that is bothering me right now. And that's, that's the feeling of powerlessness, you know, not being able to um, get a grasp on your material and not being able to kind of break yourself out of that cloud. But mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you're asking in relation to, you know, these, um, these communities that are formed or, well, I haven't formed any communities as such, but, you know, these communities that, you know, we all take part in as writers, as artists. Or as a person? As yeah, an individual? I- yeah, I will, I'm speaking from like a purely individual like perspective from a purely personal place. Like for me, powerlessness in writing is, you know, when I can't communicate. But also I feel like when I'm in an environment that is completely not nurturing, I would mm. say rather toxic to the creative side. So a place of pure kind of um, a place that is purely banal, purely unimaginative, you know, purely unconcerned with the kind of inner... Um, the inner richness of the soul. Mm. Um, I feel like when I am around people like those, when I'm in an uh, environment that, you know, perpetuates that, um, I feel completely, I, uh, um, you know, powerless in that kind of a situation. And I feel like that's when I kind of need to run away. And I feel yeah. part of the PhD is, is, was a kind of um, plan to run away from that as well. Yeah. From from these these spaces, you you found yourself struggling with, and you yeah. fi- found that in Pakistan primarily. Um. Yeah, I did actually. Yeah, <laughs> tell me more. I really. Land, yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, I want to know because as a as an artist, I'm very much familiar with the art community and how that functions. But I I would love to know more about the community, like of poets and creative writers in Pakistan. How does that function and like how, what are the relationships? How would you characterize your relationship or relationships generally uh, in this community in Pakistan? Well, I never felt that this kind of powerlessness within any artistic community in Pakistan per se. I, I was speaking in reference to just like our the concerns, the daily concerns of life in Pakistan. And I know it sounds completely privileged of me to kind of talk talk about how how, um, you know, talk about concerns of the imagination in a place like Pakistan where, you know, that privilege is, you know, not not available. And it, that's a realistic thing to say. But um, I feel like in within, like, the communities of poetry in, uh, I, th- 
the community of poetry is very small in Pakistan. Like talking about if we're talking about community uh, in terms of poetry in English, um, I am in just in touch. I was in touch with and working with a very few people there who were trying to work with. Um, uh, who are who are doing good stuff? You know, like uh, I was working with Desi Writers Lounge, which was an online platform uh, for um, the creative uh, creative writing for several years. I was working as a poetry editor editor there. I worked briefly with um, the Aleph Review when it was starting up. Uh, I think that we managed to make um, very productive um, kind of conversations in a productive space, um, and. Uh, I briefly shared work with some of the poets we were working, you know, um, like just like over email and sharing our like writing, giving each other uh, feedback. And I think that that was a very kind of constructive space for me. And I've always I would say it's also part of um, the journey um, as to where I am now. It helps me a lot. I think that my growth as a writer really did come from that platform, Desi Writers Lounge. that was a platform that allowed me to write, that allowed me to, um, they had a, had a a discussion board kind of thing for years where you could submit your writing and, you know, people who were just as interested in writing, they would kind of give you feedback and stuff like that. So I think that's that place really gave me a lot of kind of safety and um, license to write. And so it's always been, I think, a productive and encouraging um, kind of space for me to practice um, and talk about uh, poetry specifically in English in Pakistan because I think that it's a place that a lot of the people that I've met who are interested in writing they hunger for and they, so they kind of want to bring the really good energy into it. Hmm. Has your relationship to the community in Pakistan or your feel changed over time? Uh, I feel like it's I've only become more detached and that's natural because I have so much um I'm here in the United States and um, I'm so involved in my own thing. And so that detachment is natural. But I I try to keep up, you know, with people um, just like seeing, you know, what kind of work is coming out. Um, But in terms of my own involvement, it's I haven't been doing anything for a long time. I do wish to do, you know, like give a workshop, do some community stuff. Um, I think it would be great. And I want to kind of reconnect that way but um, right now I feel like I have other priorities like I want my collection to be done first (laughs) I want to um, finish this PhD first so I don't want to get distracted from anything I'm I'm the kind of person who can only do one thing at a time Mm. so um, I I do feel very detached from Mm. that landscape are there any conversations that you think that that you are having outside your work self do you, do you see there a sense of like work work or life sort of a balance in your in your life do you think you have any conversations outside your work self um outside my work self of course i have a lot of conversations um and those are usually about like the most mundane things like you know, what did you cook today? What clothes? What clothes are you wearing? Things like that. You know. Yeah. Uh, and but they sustain me. You know, keeping in touch with my family every day, um, talking to my friends, um, 
and uh, you know just just uh, watching i watch i watch a lot of pakistani dramas oh really uh, yes i i it's just like that's the only thing that gives me comfort at the end of the day i i come home and watch completely something mindless oh yes that's another self care technique by the way um mm. after every teaching day i will just come home plop on the sofa and i will turn on a pakistani drama as mindless as it is as it is um i just love being in the language being in that landscape being in those characters <laughs> um at the end of the day i guess it's just the the story just being within a story is just something that you know kind of rescues me from my day and makes me feel alive yeah makes you feel like home yes hmm do you feel fulfilled when do you feel fulfilled rather oh okay when do i feel fulfilled yeah <laughs> do i feel fulfilled no i don't when do i feel <laughs> fulfilled is when i've written a oh, when i've written what i wanted to write when i've that's like i think the most fulfilling feeling for me when i fully expressed and captured everything that i wanted to in a poem mm. there's no other feeling compared to that and i think that's why you know you go back to making art because you've done that once you want to do it again and again Can you tell us a little bit about what that feeling is like? Um I think as you would say it's fulfillment. It's clarity, it's there's a sense of clarity. Um because I think that there's a clarity and a power to naming. So once you're able to name something uh that you that you're trying to grasp and that you felt um th- there's there is a kind of uh agency in that. And um and i feel that you know it's just very enriching and mm-hmm. encouraging and i feel like it's 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 a very creative kind of force and it's it's a drive in a way it kind of makes you want to go forward to doing more of it more of it hmm is there anything that you'd like to tell to your younger self i would say be yourself and don't worry too much um make mistakes mm-hmm. which you know i think you will anyway i've made so many mistakes but don't be ashamed of it i've made so many mistakes but i've carried too much shame and there's no point in that you know um so just be yourself and um, be be braver i think that um something that i'm learning as i am you know on the brink of 35 is that um fear uh, i mean bravery and perspective are just something to you know kind of keep in front of your eyes all the time there's no point in being afraid because what's going to happen is going to happen uh whether if it's you know the failure the little failure of a day the loss of a relative um i think that you know writers are perhaps one of the most anxious set of people i know they're hypochondriacs they're worriers <laughs> and so um that's i think part of my natural kind of personality and instinct of being a writer is that i worry too much and um so i would tell myself to you know center some kind of bravery and perspective and to mm-hmm. be yourself beautiful and if the world was ending tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> and you could say something to me without any future impact of that saying what would it be to you yes without i would say oh 
Oh, hold on. I'm trying to form this. <laughs> Take so that I don't know what to say. I do know what to say. Um, I would say I love the way that I've seen you grow over the years. It's something so heartwarming for me, personally and professionally, and something so inspiring. And I feel like I'm so glad to kind of have that kind of person in my life that I feel for me, it's not the people who have reached somewhere that, you know, I can look up to that are my role models in a way. I feel it's the people who are continuously working to grow themselves on a personal and a professional level. For me, that's very inspiring. And I'm, I feel I'm really glad to have you by my side in this journey. At a point, I feel as you grow older, you kind of lose companionships. But I truly feel that I found a companion in you. Yes, I nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. I was going to say the, the same thing, that it's an honor to be your friend. And it's a privilege to know you. And um, I just wanted to talk to you about these things that... You know, I've been thinking about and I want to know your perspective on I wanted to know your perspective on and kind of get everything on record so that, you know, like 10 years down the line, we can always listen back and hear what we thought about life. And I think we've, you have specially spent um, and had quite different kinds of experiences and sort of persevered and moved ahead. And I see that. And um thank you so much for just opening up and trusting me with your thoughts and telling me about all of these beautiful experiences and and your journey as a creative writer and your process so um yeah thank you so much yeah i would love to hear more of these um you know being body podcasts thank you so much hera and um thank you for taking out the time in, in your busy busy day Thank you for tuning in. This has been a presentation by House LTD. I hope you will listen, follow, rate and review all our episodes, which are available free on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, Anchor, Pocket Casts and the official House LTD YouTube channel.